Welcome to episode 231 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And it just seems like we have uh, lots of Texting listeners coming to visit us to, here in Pasadena. Yeah, well, go ahead and talk about it. Well, we had <laughs> um, we had Philip Monet um, was uh, over a few days ago. When, when was that? That was, I believe, Tuesday. No, Thursday. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, it was Wednesday. Right. It was Wednesday because <laughs> I was supposed to have a soccer game that night, and, our, and we ended up having to forfeit the game because for some reason we couldn't get enough players, and that's how why I was able to uh, get free for the, uh, for dinner. So yeah, yeah. Was- well, so um, the plans kind of jumped around that day, right? So in the first place, we were going to meet at eight, and then we were going to meet at nine, and then we were going to meet earlier on. But in the end, he ended up coming to your uh, to Colby's baseball game. Well, right. Well, so Colby had a like one of his baseball games at uh, I think it was like four thirty in the afternoon, and Philip, it's Philippe, I guess is that pronounced it, yeah. said that he was already in Pasadena in order to beat traffic, and uh, so I emailed him. I said, "Hey, if you're just driving around or walking around Pasadena, why don't you just come down to the ballpark and we'll just sit in the in the stands under the shade and talk and watch little kids try and play baseball." Well, Colby succeeding playing baseball hit two home run. Well, no, no, not home run, triples, but triples, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, the, the the private lessons are paying off. <laughs> well, we, we talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah, uh, okay, but cool. uh, it was great. Uh, it was it was uh, of course great. It's always fun to meet a uh, a listener. Yeah, so we especially someone who's been listening for so long. It was and it was great conversation. Um, and he very kindly bought dinner for both of us. I think that should be a new texting thing you know where listeners come over to Pasadena and buy us dinner I, I, oh you like that yeah I like that concept <laughs> <laughs> that was nice with, with Via Sarisa it was a little Italian restaurant that was good stuff yeah that was good yeah but yeah it was um well Philippe has been listening for a long time I don't know if it's since if he's been listening since the beginning but he's probably been listening at least for a couple hundred shows or 150 shows maybe yeah and on a lot of those shows he's written copious notes on the comment section about the show like his his kind of takeaway and thoughts about the show Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah anyway so that was a lot of fun um that's that's one of my favorite parts about the show actually is when we get a chance to to meet people yeah you know um i know sometimes you and i wonder like are we just talking into a vacuum here you know you get a few comments on on the blog i mean i guess we don't we get more than a few but you always yeah. wonder like are we are we wasting our time is it worth our time but when you actually meet people real people and they talk about the effect the show's had on them that it's you know and it's just it's um i think it's added things for them to think about mm-hmm. you know it has like i think we have ongoing themes not, not just storylines but themes and 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 that that we address that i think are worth talking about and uh and, uh, and then when you talk to them you can see that's actually affected their thinking just like it's affected our thinking right, right. and it's in real time it's mean? like, well, there's no, there's no kind of compressed, like if you watch something like the big, I don't know, the biggest loser or something like that, they compress it all up into one short episode or whatever. You don't, oh, you don't right. really see the true struggle that the people have had to go through. Right. But, um, oh, so everything seems like an overnight success right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's, and then, and then you, you'll, you, that's a result of editing. 
but also in in life, sometimes when people talk about you know their story or how they did something, um, you you have to compact it and, and smooth it over just for the sake of making it listenable. They get, they get better at talking about it. Yeah, well, well you 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 smooth out all the rough edges, smooth out smooth out the rough edges, and pretty soon this interesting convoluted messy story turns into this simplified um thing that that seems like nothing and that's how like when you get someone gets up on stage and they talk about their startup and they you know their story and it still seems like an overnight success mm-hmm. because talking about all the all the struggle and all the missteps and all of the confusion um i guess it, they just sort of summarize and say oh yeah well we were wrong about a lot of things or we should you know we were you know we were on our last credit card or whatever but it it doesn't uh i don't think it uh it, it can be misleading well since we're talking about this and i just very very quickly want to talk about this and i know it's a bit meta but it's just um the show is kind of sticking around the thousand five hundred listener level it sort of goes to the thousand to thousand five hundred and um we've decided we're thinking about doing the link section first just to make it easier for no no i keep <laughs> we talked about this three times you know, we're going to intersperse <laughs> okay right 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 intersperse right the, the thing is that i think what's happened is we've we taught we've talked about um we used to talk mostly about links mm-hmm. or religious stories in the first place. in the first place and then and then we as things that we were working on um, sort of worked in worked their way into the show, whether App Ignite and Plugio and Anyfoo and Catalyst. Um, we started talking more about those. And I think partially because we were just more interested in talking about it, but also I think because we did get some positive feedback mm-hmm. on, the, on those as topics. I mean, people would write in or email, obviously they would email or write comments expressing their interest in the stories. Now, the problem is of doing that is it's it's like it's like if you go out to dinner and you t- and you come and you compliment the chef on dessert, it doesn't mean that you ha- the whole dinner has to be dessert, right, right? Right. It's like pretty soon you're like you know I just can't eat that much ice cream and cake. You know? <laughs> it's like I, I like it, but it's just too much. And the problem with it is that it works for long term listeners of the show. You know they can they can go oh I know all about Plugio. I want to hear what the latest Plugio. Or I, I know all about Catalyst, but anyone coming in new has no foothold in it. So we're not going to start the, start the show off with links. No, we, I always say we just do some links. So we will start the show off with links. See, but it's not going to be like an hour of links and then a half hour of stories. It's just going to be, we'll do some links, get some, some links, throw in an update on Catalyst or Plugio or any foo, talk on a link, just kind of throw it. It's, it's like this. It's like, it's like, uh, this, like uh, X-Files, right? The X-Files has, you know, well, it's over now, but it used to have two types of shows. It would have uh, the myth arc, which is the ongoing alien hybrid story, mm-hmm. and would ha- but it would have maybe a third of the shows were based on that or a quarter of the shows. The rest were Monsters of the Week. So if you were new to X-Files, you'd walk in and go, what's this thing about vampires or whatever? You'd be like, oh, it's kind of interesting. And all of a sudden, there'd be some story, there'd be a show about, the myth arc and you'd be like i don't i don't quite get it but i kind of like the show anyway so it gives them a foothold but after time they go oh, okay i get what they're talking i get what's going on here right so our links are monsters of the week mm-hmm. the myth arc are our ongoing storylines of the projects that we're working on right we can kind of intersperse them we can flow in and out but i'm just saying we don't we, what we don't want to do is spend the first hour talking about Catalyst and Anyfoo and Plugio. So anyone new to the show is like, I have no idea what these guys are even talking about. This is too inside yeah. baseball. So I don't want to be nitpicky, but if the first thing we talk about is links, 
that means we will be starting the show with links. Sure, just, no, just, just saying. Okay, I mean, okay. I, the, <laughs> that's all okay, I meant. Okay, okay, okay. When when <laughs> when we talked about it at dinner last night, you, I, I think you you had said, oh, so the first half of the show. I think you you gave me the impression that you thought the first part of the show was going to be all links, like right? No, no, know, just 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 to open the show, like oh, yeah, say the fine. first like five or ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, we can. Yeah, well, our first major story. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we should get in and just talk some links. So new so listeners, the, come so in. the new listeners, and and also maybe. I really do think at some point we should either do um, a, a wiki to, to explain themes about it, about the show, or we'll do like an episode that just goes goes over it. Are you going to put that together? Uh, well, the wiki, I'm personally not going to put it together. Yeah, what, so how's well, that going to happen? So it's magically just going to appear? <laughs> well, I was hoping maybe we might get some help from uh, some of the listeners. Maybe that was... Maybe so someone's actually... You're, you really think that's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> just wishful thinking, I guess. I don't think anyone's going to do that. If you, if, I'll, I'll bet you, if, if you spent a couple hours in finding, evaluating which open source wiki you like, installing it, getting the links to the, to the blog seeded it with some of the main themes storylines people yeah. might be willing to fill it out all right well um, that's uh if, if you feel motivated to do that okay so i think that's probably enough just before so we don't go too meta let's let's do our first link uh first link our okay, first let's, story let's link what story whatever you want to call it all right um oh you know i you, you might like this one um uh well you know i saw uh this article, I've seen two things about. It. It's called the uh, the the article about Soylent, this guy who's oh yeah 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 who's, talk who's about that doing this sort of it's like an energy drink. He throw he puts in all of these types of uh, nutrients, and he's basically living, I would say, ninety five percent on Soylent and not on. So he's just made up this concept, food. Soylent, like it's that's his word, right? I don't know why he calls it Soylent. I mean, it r- reminds me and probably anyone who's over a certain age of the movie called Soylent Green, where people are actually being eating this. Food. I never saw it, but I know it's about some kind of. It's in the future. It's or it's a futuristic type of movie. People eat this food, and everyone loves it, and it turns out that it's humans. Oh, it's Soylent <laughs> Green. I mean, I don't. I, I never saw. I just saw the. Uh, so why would he call I just it saw Soylent? The, I just saw the Saturday Night Live skit on it, <laughs> making fun of Soylent Green. So that's what I know. It's what it is. Yeah, I don't well, know so, why. But basically, he, he. I mean, if I understand correctly, it's just to break apart scientifically what the nutrients are that we require every day, and to just uh, formulate that into a mixture. Right. Right and 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 live off it. Right, right. Because uh, and it's as self experimentation. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, his reasoning war was, you know, he felt like he was wasting money and time. Like he didn't really like enjoy eating. He like he was eating bad food, or he was just taking up too much time. And um, I don't know. It's just probably just a lot of different reasons. But he decided he was going to experiment with creating this concoction. What was, was there any kind of results? I mean, what? Uh, well, he says he feels fine. I think at first he didn't have enough of certain types of nutrients and um there's a lot of pushback in the comments on his blog about it hmm. like people were the people who were very sort of into organic natural foods were very um uh emotional about the topic huh. like the idea of eating sort of of doing something like this creating some sort of synthetic food in a way was uh you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was, I don't know if it was an aesthetic thing or they were worried that it was a health thing or for what reason. But those people seem to oh, be the yeah, most I, upset about it. Yeah, I saw some discussions concept. about, you know, when we eat salad and we have all sorts of different leaves, there's a smorgasbord of uh, macrobiotics coming into us, 
which we don't exactly know why or how they work and you know as a cumulative effect but he's kind of missing that because it's so well that's what they're claiming yeah right i mean i don't know if there's a science to actually back that up but yeah um i mean you i mean i can understand that perspective people or people who think that like eating processed foods is inherently bad now most processed foods are probably less nutritious and less healthy healthy than natural food natural vegetables and fruits and things like that but it doesn't mean i don't think it it means that you can't create a synthetic food that would be as healthy but it kind of makes sense the whole the whole multi um mixture concept that it just creates random things that that help you out and one of the reasons why it makes sense is because have you seen the recent articles about the dirt? You know, are we healthy because of dirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, it, kids, they would have these kid play dates where kids get dirty. Yeah. Because kids who weren't getting dirty were developed, were, were less, um, had less uh, strengthened um, or weaker immune systems. Right. So it's, it's stuff you just don't know about. That's, it's like that, when you grow up with it, with pets, you you tend to have, it, kids tend to have less allergies. Less allergies, right? So, and it was in... Oh, it was it was somewhere like they the comparison was between somewhere in Russia and then was it Norway or Denmark? I don't know. I didn't read the article. But anyway, um, I, if there's if there's an article referring to, but, I don't know what it is. Because because uh, the kids are kept so clean, they have like uh, four times higher rate of diabetes. One okay is is the theory, right? Right. So that kind of you know goes hand in hand with the idea of eating lots of plants that you know nature just does stuff to you that you don't or know about. Or lots of meat. Uh, maybe lots right. of it doesn't mean yeah, you just have right. to be a ve- vegan, that's right? True. <laughs> I mean, you know, you eat lots of, you know, I mean, I, that's the whole paleo concept, I guess, is that you you eat how our bodies evolved. You know, yeah. what did our evolve? What what did our bodies evolve to eat uh, to digest over you know hundreds of thousands of millions of years? And uh, whatever best approximates that is probably going to be a pretty good diet for you. Um, and that's the concern about a lot of our uh, processed foods. Now, that all that said, I mean, once you get a comprehensive understanding of what nutrients the body needs and what nutrients it it gets from these various foods, mm. um, then there's no reason why you couldn't create a synthetic food that's just as healthy. Yeah, that just has all of the all of the stuff. Yeah. Now, <laughs> people who people who like to eat, people who like to cook, people who like to uh, grow food, uh, foodies, uh, people like that, or people who are very into organic food, vegetarians, people like that, probably would probably be extremely offended by that, just from an emotional aesthetic <laughs> perspective. And then there are people who, rightly so, would be skeptical that there might be things that you're going to miss mm. from a diet like that. But one thing he said that, and look, I'm not a proponent of. I'm just trying to describe it. I'm, I'm, I, I think it's a, an interesting experiment. Hmm. Um, but what he's doing is, is he's eating. He'll eat like a few meals a week, or a handful of meals a week, a real meals. Like he likes to go out and eat with his girlfriend or whatever wife, right? And he'll he'll occasionally go out with people and eat a, a normal meal, hmm. right? So it's not like he doesn't eat anything. But aside from those those type of meals and rather than having like, Oh, I'm going to go make a sandwich or I have a bowl of cereal or I'm going to have, you know, the kind of just throwaway meals that we have, hmm. he'll just have Soylent. So is Soylent worse than a bowl of Cheerios or a ham sandwich or, you know, a t- some tacos? <laughs> Probably not. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Exactly. So if, if, if the bulk of the population, the bulk of American population is generally eating McDonald's or something like that, not a McDonald's, but just like, <laughs> just, just, Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. mo- most of us are not eating, 
fresh fish and a side of fresh greens every meal. We're just not. We should be. We should be. We're not. Right. Okay, so let's just talk about what reality is, you know. And I know there are some people who are extremely conscientious about their diet and, and put a lot of effort into um, selecting and, and preparing and, and eating really uh, nutritious food. But I think for 95, 98% of the population, that's not the well, case. I, I was surprised that you brought that topic up because I was expecting you to bring up the myth of focus. Well, I, you know, I was throwing one out there for you because I knew that you <laughs> would really like that. So cool, because, you know, you've, you've experimented a lot with with your diet and right. different types of, of, of diets. I mean, just from your perspective, you had old juice diet. I did do that. Whole, yeah. For yeah. how long? Um, I think it was just shy of maybe three weeks. Now when Two you were two. doing the all juice diet, what percentage of your meals were all juice? Every, every. Oh, so it wasn't even, there was not, it was just a hundred percent juice. Yeah. Okay. It was, a, it was an incredible experience. Like I would recommend it to anyone just, just, just to understand how much how amazing food is, <laughs> because basically, you know, when you just when you just do juice, mm -hmm. you really miss food. Mm -hmm. You know, after after a week of just juice, the thing about it is, is green juice contains, in theory, all the nutrients that you need. So you basically grind down leaves and you get all of the nutrients out of them, but it has barely any calories. So it's kind of like a, a far a, a nutrient rich fast, but. Um, it it made me it made me feel very fresh and alert and and, and very hungry. No, not hungry. It's not. It's unsatisfied. Not, it's it's more like I don't know because the other thing is like your your senses like become triple as good. So you when you smell food, you really smell it. It's mm -hmm. like food just smells ten times better. Right, right. So yeah. it's not really sustainable. And I, I, it's, uh, not for me. Well, what anyway. if you were doing it? What if you just not did it me. like this guy's doing the soil? He did it. You had half a dozen meals a week of regular, regular food, and then the rest was juice. Well, it's a bit like intermittent fasting that way, right? Uh, yeah. But um, so, what you're saying to to split soylent with juice? No, no, I'm just saying that your juice diet was sort of similar in concept, right? It's this very nutritious liquid. Right. No. Yeah. Exactly. If you diet. just if you're going to just do one juice a day, that would be great. I mean, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't kind of hurt you. Kind of reminds me when I was in, uh, you know, college or twenty. I can't remember. You know, early twenties, college, and I was working out, lifting weights a lot. And you'd eat, I'd have these protein shakes. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's just like what he's having. It's like a, he's having a like a protein shake, hmm. right? I mean, you look at. I mean, it's probably a lot healthier than the protein shakes that you'd buy at your, you know, health food, your your GNC type of store. But uh, those were good. I mean, I don't know if I couldn't do it every meal, but I could certainly. I could certainly do it maybe half the time, you know, as long as you go out and have a real dinner and occasionally have a regular breakfast. Well, maybe they'll use Soylent when they send people to Mars. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, like space stations and things like, you know, uh, space colonies and stuff, you're we're probably going to need to have food like that. Good, yeah, you will. Because it's just so more, so much more efficient you know, you can't be cooking up. What know. did you think about the guy? Um, did you see the thing about the what, the guy who's trying to f uh, recruit people for a one-way trip to Mars? No. Oh, I, I wish I had the. Oh, article. who I, wants to die on Mars? That's yeah, a, yeah. I saw that. I kept skipping it though. But I never said what. I didn't read it, but it's, it's just as a concept. What do you think? Like, just I mean, could could you envision anyone kind of thinking? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I want to do that. I can envision. I personally wouldn't want to do it. I mean, why would I want to die on Mars? Yeah, it would be like <laughs> I don't even want to die on Earth. <laughs> like it's it's it, it doesn't feel like it's I, I don't know. 
I mean, would it be really bettering humanity that much to do that? To do that, that it would See, be worth I your life. I don't think most people are are going to are, are willing to sacrifice their life to better humanity. Oh, you don't? No, I think huh. people like to think that. Most people, most people are primarily self interested. That's how the world works. That's how humans work. You know, um, people aren't out sacrificing their life for the betterment of the world. I mean, they're going to Mars. There must be. I mean, I, I, I just okay. hold on. There must be people who do. I mean, there's there's a lot of people who work at, at making life better for everyone else. No, they're not sacrificing their life for it. There's a difference oh, between okay. sacrificing, sacrificing your, your life. life okay, of, right. You know, I'm going to die to 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 make humanity a little better or you know i mean it's like it's it's not like a movie where it's like oh well, they, i have to i have to sacrifice my life otherwise the world's gonna blow well, up but, no, but they're putting themselves in harm's way i mean like for example if you're working in nicaragua or something like that right mm-hmm. you know in really dangerous situations to make life better for those people you are definitely putting yourself yeah. in a risky situation to yeah. make other people's lives better people yeah. do that but it's for a lot of reasons you know it's it's, it's for they're doing it for an adventure they're doing it because um they like the idea of themselves doing it. They feel, but I mean, that's a lot of reasons. I mean, some people do it. People, I mean, they, they, what we're really talking about is there such is there really such thing as um, all, the ultimate altruism, pure pure altruism to taken to the extent of to the sacrificing species. your life. I mean, it happens in a lot of other species, right? You know, where like for example, ants. Oh, will, well, that like the, like the mother will allow that the the, the the her her. Uh, children to, to eat her, eat her. Or, 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 or for example ants um certain ants will club together and act like a raft even though they're going to die so that they can get the, yeah. the rest of the ants across the water yeah anyway i'm just saying that i'm <laughs> i'm generally skeptical of that as the complete reason why people do things right i think people people would want to go to mars not to not for the better of humanity they like that idea as an extra gold star yeah on their shoulder or why their would they head, do it then they do it for the excitement of it because the adventure of it you know okay why well you don't understand why people no, people I, do things people do things much more often i think for the excitement and adventure of it you know yeah no, that could be true but i mean i oh i don't know how much excitement and adventure there would be on that like you it would be a pretty boring trip mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'd get there and then that would be it what do you mean well it's not like you could Go exploring. No, they would explore their local, you know, vicinity, right? They'd be I walking guess. around and they're driving around in a little buggy and, you know, building uh, building these more enclosures and greenhouses and, uh, you know, they would have spacesuits. I mean, it's not like they're what, sitting in a, what do you think they're sitting in a space module the whole time? Well, I mean, what would be the life expectancy from someone who went to Mars? Probably the same, probably similar. So what? They'd live another seventy years on Mars. Not another another seventy. Years. Like I could live over. another thirty years on Mars, forty years. Yeah, I mean, I think people would be going there to set up a colony. The people, the people would go up there and say, "All right, now we have to take some raw materials here, here what we have here, and start building a greenhouse, start building additional living quarters, and 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 preparing things for the next stage, and, and be building it out." Right? They wouldn't come back, but. I didn't read with this article, so I don't know if this guy—if that's what this guy was talking about. But I don't think most people would be going there to die like in six months. When, when I put my, when I mentally put myself in that situation, it makes me feel very claustrophobic. Just the idea of getting you into a spaceship. Na- you are claustrophobic, <laughs> right? Just maybe a little bit, but but the, but the idea of going to Mars in a spaceship. I mean, oh I can God. see I, that the adventure of it appeals to me, but it, I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think it's quite enough to make me want to. A one-way trip to go there and spend five years to go there as, as for a five-year back and forth i, I mean, might the, be up for I, that i mean the one thing is is 
you know, you may go, I mean, if you're going to be living there for 40 years, it's quite likely that we would send us a craft there that could then come back within the next 40 years, no? Yeah. I mean, so, so my, it may not, not be a one-way trip. Not less than 40 years. I mean, you could do it within 10 or 5. So it I mean, may not be a one-way trip at all. I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have to just use chemical rockets. I mean, you know, you could use these uh, fusion rockets they're talking about. Um, there's a lot of ways you could get there in a matter of months and not years. I mean, if they use more, we, if we use more advanced technology that we have now, I mean, we could build uh, these fusion rockets. I mean, it's Project Icarus, which was done in like uh, this uh, was a was done by I think the European Space Agency back in the seventies. Uh, and there's variations on that where they use fu- they we use fusion rockets. Um, yeah, it would be a matter of months. Or there's different types of I, I don't know. I've seen I've seen how many shows I've seen on the Science Channel on this. If you believe some of the alien, the people who write about alien stories, and one of the things they say is that, um, well, one of the theories they have is that Mars was already an abundant planet like Earth, and already had a lot of grass or whatever and oh, water. Right, right, like the snow cat, and so. so now it's kind of used up. So why would we go somewhere that we used, used up? up? Yeah, it's, it's like it's all dead, right? Everything's, well, everything's no, died. If that's the theory, it's died. Well, I don't think it's a theory. It's a science fiction story. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's water on there, and then we could terraform it. Okay. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, what is the movie? Uh, you know, it's Red stick the science fiction yeah. genre of uh, Total Recall, right? Where they had, they terraform. Yeah. Yeah, Mars. Yeah. yeah. I, did they terraform it? Are they just opened no, up? No, they Oh, just, the alien systems are already in place terraformed yeah. it for yeah. them yeah yeah so i don't know anyway all right Next. well let, uh, let's get i do want to talk about the myth of focus um because i thought that you would have read it and liked it i did I, well we got an email from um uh let me see who was it i can make sure i get his last name right um philippe oh geez i can't pronounce that you do that what's his name how do you pronounce his name um Cherches. philippe Cherches. Cherches Tosa. I don't even know if it's French, but it looks... He's from Romania. Kind of, oh. Cherches Tosa. The thing about is it Rosa or Tosa? T-O-S-A, Tosa. Tosa. Well, okay. look, I'll Fair read enough. the pronunciation right. to you. So, um, the other thing that was interesting about him is he co-authored one of the first books on Ajax. It's called Ajax and PHP Building Responsive Web Applications. Hmm. So, I imagine that would probably, probably did that one back... 2005 wow so so what what he he spoke to you he sent you an email about myth yeah he emailed me said hey i just wanted to you know i you know it was was a nice email thank you for the show and i thought you'd you'd like this based on stuff that i've talked about and the the article he sent was called the myth of focus and why many great entrepreneurs pursued multiple projects at once right that's exactly the one i'm talking about right yeah so and it seems like to be just up you know right up your alley because it's it's kind of proving in, in fact it's taking the opposite stance of saying uh saying that focus is good it's basically saying focus is in fact bad the the the, the less you focus on the number of projects you have the more successful you can be well let's hear it. when you summarize it why what was this argument um well one of the one of the, the main argument he did was he pointed to the very successful entrepreneurs who are out there and he said they didn't focus so he pointed to um, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. None, he said n- none of them focused on one thing. They they focused on lots of things individually at a time, but they didn't focus on just one thing. I think even Edison was that way. Right. right. Edison started a bunch of companies. And even Sam Walton, even though he did Walmart, I mean, when he was in college, he was doing like set eight different things at one time. Like he was mm-hmm. the president of all these different clubs and things. And then even when he was doing Walmart, he wasn't like he focused on one region. He, he did a lot of different – he was creating – uh, stores all over the place. Um, yeah, so one of the things he was saying is that um, the reason that 
he was arguing against focus as being necessarily the 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 one true path is that when um when you're focused only on one thing you become emotionally attached mm-hmm. and when you're you become too emotionally attached to something um you become you 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 start to uh, you have a lot of fear and worry about it, and you become and you act irrationally. I guess you're going to get biased. You're going to have bias, bias and right. things, and then yeah. you become a little less. You're less emotionally attached. You can um, maybe operate a little, a little more objectively about it. The other reason he he brought up was that um, he he's always shooting for being in in sort of in this in the in flow, shooting for flow. You know, the concept of flow being like in the moment and really working on stuff. Like today when I called you up and I said, hey, when do you want to do podcasting? He's like, you know, dude, I'm in the zone. All right, now I'm digital. Right, I'm doing right. and I'm like, yeah, you should just do that then. Man, I think that, see, <coughs> I think um, kind of working on what you really want to work on, what you're really excited about um, is kind of a big deal. I you do. Know, kind of like getting Agreed. a tiger by the tail. Yeah. You know, it's like, Cause you know how it is. It's like those don't those those days don't always come, and when they come, you want to get as much out of them as you can. Because mm. you can you can make weeks worth of head of headway on something. I've always said that. I mean, I'm sure I've said that on the show um, a number of times, but I totally agree. So, and I know for me, you know, yeah. I mean, some I I just I'm enthusiastic about a lot of things. Now, if there's something that I'm enthusiastic about. But I can't, but I don't I allow myself to work on it. I don't make progress in anything. I just sit there pretending to work on the thing I'm supposed to be work, working on, but not making any progress. I make more progress. I, I, it's more effective for me to just unleash it. You've got to exercise and, the madness. Yeah, exercise them demons, whatever. Just go and work on it for a few hours, a few days, a weekend, even a week if I have to, and just work my butt off. And then... And then I can get back to working on something else that maybe I'm supposed to be working on. Um, no, okay, so, uh, right. Like, I, as I've said before, I, I tend to work on a lot of stuff. I, I probably work on too many things, I freely admit. And there's a difference between working on three things and working on 12 things, right? I mean, this, you get to a point where it's like, you know, you can't work on, you know, 50 different things. You're not going to make enough progress. Can you work on two or three things? No, can you work it depending on the size of them? You know, can you can you be involved in a few things? And not everything is of the same caliber. Can you? I wouldn't try and run, launch necessarily three startups at the same time, but can you do a podcast, write a blog, do a startup? Can you do a few depending on the person you are? Well, Elon Musk can do three startups at the same time, but I guess he 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 has different leverage. So because he has the money, people, money, the people and money behind him. So if you had people and money behind you, you'd do three startups. You wouldn't have a problem about it. And I think the same for me. Now, I think, um, so I, I yeah, I, I think there's a lot of caveats about it. I think it depends on, like you said, a lot of things, the kind of leverage you have, the kind of personality you have. I mean, I think, I think it's a, it, it's, f- most people probably would, would drive them crazy. It, it would stress them out and they probably be unhappy and not make a lot of progress if they had, you know, too many, two or three things to work on or, or four things, you know? I mean, I've talked to a lot of people like that and they're just like, I, there's no way I could do that. It would drive me crazy. And, um, you know, so, but I, I think that's all about knowing yourself, right? Know thyself. It's like, know, know what kind of person you are, know how you work best and try and optimize based on that. Don't pretend you're something you're not or you're somebody you're not. But something else I want to say is, I think that another um, factor is 
the projects that we work on and a lot of projects that people do aren't really of the moment so much so that you couldn't let a year slide and then get back to it. Like say, for example, I mean, most of the stuff that we're doing doesn't have to be done right now. You know, like any foo, I mean, how long have we been doing that? Mm-hmm. Like we're, the, f- the first time that we thought about that was what? Uh, microconf two years ago was it yeah oh well, yeah we were talking no we we're talking about a year before that right. we were talking in it probably within the first six months of the podcast right but it's it's and it's still it's still coming together i mean it really is genuine it's like at a snail space it's coming together but also if you talk about your secret project once again that's not of the moment i mean you well yeah i mean I, it's, it's so i mean it's sort of of the moment it's but better it's better to do things sooner if possible because you never know yeah. if you know three other competitors are going to come out and suck all the other room because they're they're really ex- they're they're almost the same thing and they and they get a lot of attention you know it's not that you can't compete right it's not that you can't have four competitors it's just it becomes demoralizing but like I, I mean that i think that that is the the exception in many ways because if you look at Apic night for example mm-hmm. you know plug here mm-hmm. um I just think, generally speaking, you don't you can keep those projects ongoing. Yeah, I think that's almost a good reason not to spend too much time worrying about competition. Mm-hmm. That's why it almost irritates me when people email me competitors to things. And I was like, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> because all it does is demoralize me. Right, right. Even though I rationally know that it really has no effect. It's like you're, you have a fishing boat in the Atlantic and someone says, hey, I saw, I saw there's a fishing boat in the Pacific. <laughs> it's like... What the hell does that have to do with that? Well, but it does. Your rational part of your brain goes and is like, oh, man, you know, there's somebody else doing it, other but, people doing uh, it. But even the whole Google, I mean, look, see see the way Google, like, axed RSS, they axed, axed Google readers. So the whole uh, blog post there was about how Google went into the space, killed all the competition, and then now died. that, yeah, and, and then died. But now it's, like, flourishing again. So those people well, who had those old ideas, you know, like Newsblur, like Simon from yeah. Newsblur, he's like, oh, well, I've, I've been working on this thing for years. Now I get this other, you know, this second chance. You know, this- yeah, no. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a couple different <laughs> discussions there, but the nuclear, the, the nuclear winter stuff, I just, I hated that about Google because yeah. they think they're being like, um, they think that they're doing the world a favor by creating this uh, product and giving away for free to everybody, but they kill the entire ecosystem. All, and nobody else can make any money on that. Nobody even tries. So there's no innovation. The whole thing dies. Mm. I mean, that's what happened when I came up with Prezo, with a you know, web-based PowerPoint thing back in 2006. It was like Google came out, gave it away for free, gave it stuff away for free. Nobody really wanted to, you know, nobody wants to pay for it. Yeah. And nobody wants to invest in it. And um, because Google is such a big player, everybody knows about it. Like, oh, doesn't Google do the free version? Don't, just don't go into competition with them, right? Yeah, there's no innovation. So if there's no money in it, nobody innovates. It's just dead. And uh, it's just, it's, I, I think that um, except in a few, in limited ways, it, t- it tends to hurt more than help when you do when that happens. No, no, I agree. I, I agree. The but I, the point I'm just trying to make is, is like even old businesses that you think, oh, no, they're never going to come back into circulation. That's I'll never make any money from that. Just you know, shit happens. Like you, <laughs> Google, well, Google get out the market and then all of a sudden, wow, there's the market's opened up again. Yeah. I think there, I think there are like, um, moments of like things, things, um, there are moments of opportunity. Yeah. It's not like, I, I don't think, I think it's times it becomes, it's easier and harder to launch a certain type of startup depending on the cycle of innovation in, in and near that area. So, 
if you're if you're right after the point where lots of startups launch doing something similar, that's not a really good time. Mm. Oh yeah, you know. Agreed. So you know that what's his um, Jeff Atwood's company Discourse? It's like a new forum software stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's good enough because now now forums, you know, are like the new retro cool, right? <laughs> what's like stuff? It's like if you look at fashion. Going back to and vinyl. Stuff, yeah, it's like a fashion. But if you do it like if you were talking about vinyl in two thousand. People are like, it's dead, man. Yeah. Like, it's the no one wants to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But then it becomes um, retro. It becomes hipster, becomes cool, right? It, things have to go through that cycle of fashion. People, things have to die for a while, and, and then you can come back to them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. RSS is probably one of those things people are going to come back to it and maybe think about it, and there'll be, maybe there'll be a new reworking of it. Um, but, I, but discourse and forums, maybe, you know... Because Jeff Atwood is doing it, and because they're using the right, they're 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 doing it in the right way. They're probably rethinking it, but they're using all the latest and coolest technologies like Ember and Rails, and they're you know, and so they're talking a lot about that. So everybody's like, "Ooh, it's like this new sheen on it," you know. Mm. And so then it might become something. The thing about RSS is it's just good. It's a good concept. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think a lot of people weren't using it because they were using like aggreg- aggregation sites like uh, Hacker News and Reddit. But that, but that, but the problem with that is it is it kind of creates. It's a little an bit inward of group loop, thing. yeah. It becomes a little bit of an echo chamber, yeah. yeah. So you have to be careful about that, you know. I mean, we source a lot of stuff from there, and but I also try and source stuff from other places because otherwise you're you run the situation where you're just thinking the same thing everybody else is thinking, and I think that's. Um, I mean, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's trying to think, think new ideas, I think you need to. Get information from different sources. You don't want to be thinking the same things. If you're if you're getting the same inputs from everybody else, it's not doesn't mean you're necessarily going to think the same thoughts as everyone else. But your brain is going to be exploring the same spaces. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be higher probability you're going to be exploring the same spaces everybody else is? You know, and uh, that's also can be a reason. Same reason that I kind of don't like to look at potential competitors. I don't even want to know what they're doing. I don't want to even think about it because, um, and the same reason is like I don't want to. You, you might not want to like over spend too much time on something like a uh, hacker news, right? Cause you spend all your time just thinking about the same stuff everybody else is thinking about. It's like a tra- an attractor to the gravitational pull just sucks your brain. Yeah. And also if space. you think, you know, if you just, I mean that basically, in fact, that's why Plugio is so different to Hootsuite mm-hmm. because I just didn't look at that multi-panel concept and I wanted to think about it in a different way. So when you're just not looking at the com- competition, it does, does help. Yeah. I try not to, I don't even want to know what they're doing. Cause it's like, you think through the problem yourself. You well, know. think through the problem yourself, but then it's it's so it, it's so problematic because you go you even if you had an idea to do something, you look at them and they're doing it the same way that you're going to do it. Then you're like, oh, I got to think of a different way to do it because they're doing it that way, uh, and it makes I it guess. harder because you're, you're, you're like, well, otherwise it look like I'm cloning them. Right. But the reality is, it's just the obvious way to do things. Yeah. But but now you're like, oh no, I got to name it something different. I got to do it a different way. Or I can change the UI just because I don't want to look like I'm cloning it. But if I never looked at it. If it, you if wouldn't I, know. I wouldn't. And then if, if, if later I realized, oh, well, they're the same. Oh, well, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, so that's why I don't even want to look at competitors. I think that's probably good. I think that's a good advice. Just screw it. You know, it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what the fishing boat in the Pacific is doing. It really doesn't, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, anyway, the. Um, well, well let's, I guess we can change. change story yeah, so we, we've done a few links. I'm going to talk a little. Now we can talk a little inside baseball. Look a little inside baseball. So what? Um, why don't we do a little info? So uh, Sarah has been going after experts. She's been expert hunting. Yeah, and she's been doing a great job actually. So she's found um, 
Sarah's my friend in Ireland, and um, she has a little boy called Jude, who is three now, and she has three hours a day when she can, she has three hours a day downtime when she can do some work. So he goes to crash three hours a day, or what do you call the kindergarten? Kindergarten, yeah, yeah kindergarten, yeah. So he goes three hours a day, and actually, then, that's not kindergarten. If he's three, he's going to preschool. Okay, daycare. preschool, right? Yeah, daycare. So during those three hours, she has been doing this any food work for me which is specifically specifically hunting down experts um so she's uh found we want to get 100 experts on the site and um the the way that we've done it is to get her to research them and find three from each category there are 100 categories 100 categories the three three best experts she could find the best candidates for each category she found 300 now 300 put them in a google doc put them in a google doc and then you went in there and i i said look okay Here's the 300. Now we're ready to start attacking them. What order do you think we should do it in? Because I know that if I was to just go out and start emailing people, you'd be like, why did you email that person? Why didn't you talk to me about it first? So I was like, okay, fair enough. We'll talk to Jason about it first. So I asked mm-hmm. you, you went to the Google Doc, you had a look and you said, you know what? I don't want to spend all day going through these experts. She can, she looks like she's got it right. Just, just leave her at it. Well, I went through 10. Mm. I looked through 10 and then I was just like, you know, this is just, it's hard to determine which of the three is going to be the best one it's, yeah, for different it's versions. Yeah. They each had reasons why this guy or this girl would be good, but it was but a lot of it would just kind of depend on which one wanted to do it. You know, they all be good. They look like they'd all be good enough um, if they were interested. And um, it looked like she had figured it out. Mm. Like she, you know, based on our criteria and, and, and everything and her own experience doing research, I think she got a good sense of like what would make a good info expert. And I was like, I don't really want to go through and spend all this time doing all this work which really is going to add very little value because i think she's figured it out anyway well and she has figured it out and um now she started emailing the experts uh in a nice way you know saying i've i've been tasked to find experts for any foo and i found you you seem to be the top in this field um so that you know i'd really like you to to join the site and that's not what the email says but it's something along those lines and she's got three people to sign up so far. How many people has she, how many categories or have she is? Um, I think we've emailed, she's emailed like 10 people so far. So three out of 10. Yeah, it's not too yes. shabby. Yeah, right. it's not too shabby. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that is great. And so, but but the thing is, it's, uh, people just signing up is different to people with fully fleshed out profiles That's and payment right. details. So she's got to so, shepherd them in yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she's she's got to kind of. And so the first thing she, like, so she went through the process of signing up and she sent, you saw that email that I sent you. Mm-hmm. She's like, We've just schmoozed these people. We've just said how amazing they are. And now we're just sending them these like one line emails. You haven't been approved. You have been approved, right? Or whatever, whatever the emails say. So she, she asked if, if we could change the email. So she's rewriting those emails now. Okay. Just to, just to f- uh, fit the flow of the other stuff that okay. she's been sending out. Okay. Cause I think that will help conversions as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about working on multiple things, making you less emotionally attached because so I'm less emotionally attached to any food now. Yeah. I have so much other stuff. So I'm like, I'm a little easier on the uh, the outsource. Like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, I trust her. I was so it. surprised. Like, I, I sent you that email and saying, look, so we're going to rewrite the emails. And I was expecting an argument from you. And you just said, okay. I was going to email you back. What the, what, what the hell's going on? Well, it's never that easy with you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, I mean, I think that you, obviously my perspective was that we need to develop strong relationships with the experts and we need to get the best of the best of all stuff. But um, you take that to the nth degree and things just move at a snail's pace and or just, and they just take up too much of my time, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to move the ball down the field is for me to relax a little bit, trust that Sarah can manage the process 
and and then just go with it. And if you know, if a few things don't go well, if she if she screws up a few interactions, a few experts, it's like it's, there's it's like there's plenty of experts out there, right? So it's like she'll learn and be like, ah, you know, we 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 emailed this expert and then we didn't follow up soon enough we've learned that lesson we need to get on them while that strike with iron's hot or we hounded this expert too much yeah. or you know she'll 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 sort it out or like we thought this person was really not really good but now interacting with them i found that they're kind of curt and and kind of patronizing and so now i gotta spend more time kind of just assessing out the personality via, you know so she'll sort it out right and so i'm like whatever like i'm just trust her you know i'm just gonna trust her and then just let it go so that it just happens. It's funny to think of her being part of this startup. Like she's the the least startup person I know. Like she's just not like a, a she I don't know. I just it's Well, she's not, well you're paying her. So she's not. I mean, she's a <laughs> I know, but like I never thought I never thought I'd be in a tech startup with Sarah. Like this is just you know, one of those people like it's like you being in a tech startup with your babysitter kind of yeah, thing. Like yeah. you just never would imagine it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's great that it's working out. Is she is she what does she think of, is she enjoying herself? Is she she really she's really excited about it. Really? And, and she's she's excited about um just turning it into something successful so that she can keep on doing it because it really suits her. She loves it. She loves research, the researching people. She loves networking with people in that way. So she, yeah, well, yeah, fantastic. I mean, I, I, th- I think the the key to making these like startups work or whatever is figuring out a way to uh, make them efficient and be able to outsource the pieces mm. to other people who you can trust and can do a good job. You know, and uh, that's a, that's another monumental shift in your psyche there. Because I remember, I mean, if we if we go back a year or two years in the podcast like you really didn't want to outsource anything you didn't want to you wanted just 100% control of everything so I think that's interesting yeah well that's one thing when you have 10 things to do you kind of get a fuck it like attitude about some, about some aspects of it right like mm. I don't whatever you know just just get it just get it going like I don't care what language it's written in I don't care where it's hosted I don't you know just as long as these things are met you know um, yeah. that it you know it, it works and it's doesn't go down or people who we contact are we do in a and i consider it respectful way you know that's that's fine well so so that's any foo um what about catalyst well i mean we didn't have a session last week did we because you know you, your shoulder kind of went out for some <laughs> so yeah this was really weird um so this was on tuesday last week yeah. i um and the more late in the morning, my shoulder was kind of hard to start aching yeah. in the middle, right, kind of down the joint. You know, if you put your finger right there and, the, and you lift, you, you know, right in that kind of hole, yeah, right there. This is really kind of a, a sharp ache. And I remember I picked you up for lunch, and I, I don't know if you remember, heard me mention like, ah, my shoulder's kind of no, hurting, did you? Right? Like, ah. But it wasn't so much that like I was couldn't eat lunch or carry on a conversation. But I got back home and I started. Uh, you know, trying to work again. And after like a couple of hours, it started killing me. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I was in, I was writhing in pain. I was lying <laughs> on the couch going, Oh, but like what start, what triggered it? Uh, it was because it was because uh, I think it was the way I was had my arm position hold and the way it was positioned on my mouse pad and holding the mouse. But I mean, like when you started writhing, like what did you do? And then no, no, was, there was no moment. It just kept building. It just kept building, and then it, and then it, it just went, like 
fell off a cliff at one point. Just it's like, oh my god, you know. And um, oh, I shouldn't laugh. It just got inflamed. It just got inflamed. But like, it just kind of oh yeah, hit a critical point where it just got it was inflamed. And I, yeah. and I went to the living room and I was lying on the couch. I was like, oh geez, you know, I'm, this hurts so much. And I'm kind of writhing on the couch. And Sandy's looking at me like, are you? kidding like what i'm like no ah you know and she was like <laughs> she thought it was a joke she, which it, she was just something i couldn't understand and i said i don't know what the hell i did it's hurt so much and i and then i was like well i was like there's no way i can uh you know lead a catalyst session tonight there's no way mm. it was like i'm going on four o'clock and i was there and after like a half hour of just lying on the couch kind of trying to stretch it or just you know writhing in pain there was no Nothing got better. I took some ibuprofen, no half hour, 45 minutes, nothing. And I I put in a call to this um, chiropractor guy who I've gone to before. He also does soft tissue work. He did a lot of stuff for me because of my sports injuries. And, you know, there was no, it was just went to voicemail. So then I was like, all right, I sent an email. It was kind of weird. Like, how do you phrase that in an email that doesn't sound really weird? So I sent an email out to all the parents. I said, you know, unfortunately, I, and I know this sounds strange, but I said my shoulder... Is in so much pain, I can't even think straight, which is lead a cat <laughs> session. I think I, you know, I have an impinged nerve or something. And, you know, luckily all the parents were, everybody was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, everybody was, everybody was fine with it. It's that my buddy Tom, who's funny, he's like, his his reply was, the, the title was sad. Welcome to the club. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so... What are happening is I, I got a call back from this uh, chiropractor guy mm. and um, he's like, look, it's gotten, it's, it sounds like it's inflamed. So just ice it for 20 minutes on, 40 minutes off and do that until you go to sleep. So I spent the next six, seven hours doing that. And by the time I went to bed, it was like probably 70% better. Mm. And um, then I woke up in the morning it was 100% better or 95%. So it's just ice better. Ice is what it needed. Well, then I got in and I went in, I went in to see him the next day and he worked on me a little bit and he's like, yeah, you know, look, you just gotta you can't be sitting with your hand in position i explained how i was sitting and with the mouse patty because you, you lean, do that. lean back right it's not the leaning back it was the way my arm was positioned and lying on the mouse and the key is with all this stuff is yeah i mean you don't want to sit in some unergonomic way mm. but you gotta move around you mm. can't whatever you're doing there's not a whole lot of ways you can sit or stand for any length of time that isn't ultimately going to cause a problem if you do that shift your weight, move around, stand up, you know, stretch like, and I think as, you know, developers, we tend to just get so sucked into something. We can just literally just sit there staring intently at the screen. There's enough, there's a lot of software out there that will kind of alert you and to give you a little exercise to do, you know, once every 15 minutes, once every half an hour or something like that. Yeah. So I'm trying to be more conscious about that stretch and stand up. Just even I get up, walk in the room, yeah, annoy Sandy for a minute. <laughs> you know, whatever. So Sandy's probably seeing more of you now She's that you like, have the shoulder. Uh, so I'm like, hey, so what's up? She's like, same was up a half hour. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever. Get go, back to work. Go play with Ari if it's in, if it's in the morning and she hasn't gone to preschool yet or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was. Um, I, if if I had called you and you told me that you couldn't go to Cattles because your shoulder was hurting, I would have had a hard time believing. I'd be like, give me a break. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was something to happen to me. So I'm like, I really can't, uh, I really oh, can't complain. I'll have to use that in the future then. Oh, my shoulder. Ah! You know. <laughs> Jeez. So what are we, what should we talk about next? Let's see here. We had, um, there was, there was an email um, a while back. Uh, someone s- suggested about uh, rules on password strength. 
Okay. Remember that one? No. So you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. Well, you and um, Guyon had uh, gone through. Oh, my internet isn't working. Oh, that sucks. I can't see it. We have to do something else. All right. Well, no, no password strength. Uh, so, um, I was I was talking a little bit. It's called. You know, I meant to read this article a little more thoroughly, but. And uh, it's called, there's a wired article about it. It's called The Surprising Truth, Technology is Aging in Reverse. What? It says, world's, world's not ending, but technology is aging backwards. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to, the simple version is this. I think it's called like the Lindy effect or something. But the longer technology has been around, the more likely that it's going to stay around. Right? So like um, telephone or email mm. or obviously uh, so it sort of turns, combustion because there's I, it I turns mean, to, to utility status like a yeah. yeah it's like um it's like the I think it follows with I guess what they call power distribution and um it's essentially it just means the longer stuff has been around the more likely that's going to stay around for a while right so someone was talking about there was an article about uh, from Angel List about like eh, we don't we we don't use email right we try not to use email we use HipChat and Yammer and uh, Pivotal Tracker and all this kind of bullshit, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because you say it with such disdain. No, it's you just... You like hate people like that. <laughs> no, I don't. It just, it just, what it reminds me of, it's like there's this very small group of people who are sort of internet famous and they're like, oh, internet's broken. You know, it's like because you have, you know, 30,000 or 50,000 Twitter followers and so many people want your time, you just can't possibly reply to all their emails, right? Mm. So email is broken. It's like, dude, it's not broken for 99.999% mm. of us. It's just like, yeah, if you're sort of, you know, semi-internet famous and not even, not world famous, just one of these people like guys who run Angel List and they get, you know, whatever, 100 emails a day or 150 and they start feeling like things are broken. Like, I don't want to do email, right? You know, I mean, because... Because we do the podcast and stuff, we probably get more emails than we would otherwise. I mean, we get how many emails do you think you get? Thirty a day, total. Forty. Yeah. Well, I would definitely. It's manageable. Yeah, that's not a big deal. It's just a, email works. It's like just like email works for what it's good at. Phone conversations work for what they're good at. Texting works for what it's good at. In in person conversations work. Twitter works for what it's, what yeah, it's good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Facebook also works for what it's good at. Yeah, yeah. It's just the problem is that when the only problem with email is the the problem with email is that when you have to deal with people who write super long emails and then you're just like oh god like i can't reply to all this crap right they write these four paragraph emails and you're like it's just too much was something like google search facebook and twitter on that list of things that are here to stay facebook twitter i mean you know well, for google. a long time google google search yeah well google yeah sure i mean searches will be here for quite a while i don't think it'll i'm, I'm just thinking like because really s- some of the examples you gave right were I don't know, they were more like a telephone, right? Things okay. have been around Te- a long Telephones time. are like seriously established, right? Yeah. yeah. But go- I mean, Google search or, or just search engines, but I mean, Google search in specific, that seems pretty established. And Or a search engine, you could just say search, because Google search is not technology. That's just a brand of technology. Right. A, ser- a search engine. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, the experience, the use of it's no different than, than well, Facebook. Hotbot or Yahoo or whatever you know, exist. There are people who use AltaVista. I suppose, yeah. I mean, just, so, so do you ever think Facebook, something like Facebook would turn into a utility and, and not be just a company? No, that's not really what it's saying. It's just saying the longer it's been around, the longer it's 
the longer, the more likely that chance that it's going to be around for a while. So social networking is going to be here for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, not necessarily Facebook. Yeah. I mean, so email isn't going anywhere. Right. right. Even if there are a few people out there who want to whine and complain about how popular they are because they get so much email, they just can't possibly handle it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, those those people, it's, it's not it's not a first world problem. That's a, you know, Internet famous problem, <laughs> which, of course, nobody else cares about. Right. You know, it's like you get someone not famous and they talk, oh, it's so hard being famous. It's like nobody cares. You know, nobody nobody's crying for you. You know, oh, I have millions of dollars. I don't know who my friends are anymore. It's like, I don't really. <laughs> I mean, whatever, dude. That's what you. That's what you shot for. And you got it. So don't bitch. Like I agree with you. Email works well. RSS works well. I mean, there's a lot of things that work very well. I mean, the internet itself works well. The, the way that it shuffles packets around the place. Yeah. The so DNS the, works well. I mean, see, the thing is that, like, like for email, the only things that I don't like for email is like when you sign up for like uh, GitHub issues and you get subscribed. And and like, what would happen is if you're working on a project with people and you get an email blast for every single time someone knocks off an issue yeah. or any time does someone does a pull request on like all of these projects that are not even related to you. And you're just like, my God, this is a nightmare. So I just don't subscribe from it all, you know, but that doesn't mean email's broken. It's just, it's just being misused. You just have to throttle it. It'd be great if there was a way that like something important could be highlighted to you. Yeah, exactly. So is that how you manage your email? Um, how do you so mean? Lots of lay filters and, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, is just, this just, important? Or not? I'm just laughing. Well, no, I, I just, I use the, um, you've, you've seen my email, right? So basically I just use this label thing copiously. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, like bright orange, anything that has the word texting in it, I just podcast. do bright on podcast. So I can look through my big, the, the, the long list and look yellow with dollars, dollars, dollar means I just got some money. <laughs> nice. I like that. Good. Yeah. Well, why is that green? That should be green. Uh, because I don't know. Yellow captures my attention. You have limey frog is green. <laughs> What's limey frog? A limey frog is uh, stuff done with Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the I think is the dollar sign should be green. <laughs> You're probably right. And I think podcast. We don't really have talk a col- about controlling. It's my inbox. I'm just saying. You know why is it yellow? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. So speaking of, um, well. Let's just jump into something. So, um, I uh, I got back work on the uh, secret project today. Yeah, oh, I okay. haven't touched it in. I'm trying to think six weeks. You still weeks. excited about it? So you see, so the the catalyst madness has worn off. No, I just forced myself to re-engage. That's with the exact it. opposite of what you just said, like the, half an hour ago. No, no. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. let's explain here. <laughs> no, yes, no. I mean, yes, ah, no. Uh, so here's here's the thing. Um, the, you know how it is. You, we've talked about this before. If you, the longer period of time that goes by when you haven't worked on a project, the less you want to work on it. Right. right. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So not that, not that if you, not, not to say that like if you work on it 10 days in a row, you doesn't, it doesn't mean that you want to take a few days off, but if you haven't worked on a project for, if it goes to like four or five, six days, you kind of lose your attachment mm-hmm. because everything that was in Ram, so to speak is now saved on a hard drive. And then after a few weeks, it goes off to archive, right? right? It's not even a RAM and you're just like, you can't remember. You've forgotten the motivation. You forgot the motivation. You you forgot where the bones are buried. You just like, I don't know where. I mean, you you you, you have this vague note motiv- motivation like, oh, I, the project is so cool. But it's not just like, it's not the kind of motivation where 
that you're lacking the, where you might talk to somebody, a friend, like you haven't seen in a while, and they're like, ah, so we work on, you can, you can still describe the project to them and, and be excited and explain to them all the reasons why you think it's worth doing. But that's different from the, I'm going to sit down, the first thing I want to start typing is, is, is working on this project, right? But you said before that the best thing is to just work on projects that you're really excited about at the moment. So this is like different to that. This is this is like rekindling passion for projects you were excited. Well, about. You, you know, it's like I there's something I want to get done. Yeah, I'm I, I'm excited about it in general, and I was like, okay, I need to I need to get it going, hmm. right? I mean, if I wanted this thing to happen, I mean, I got to do it. Yeah, and um, it wasn't that I wasn't doing it because. I didn't want to do it. It was because I was all my time got sucked into Catalyst or Uber or whatever. It was being project. eclipsed by your other passions. That's right. Well, I wouldn't say that my day job is my passion. Okay, it's paying the bills. Yeah, right. But you got to do it. I mean, uh-huh. that's what you got to do. That's, that's the number one responsibility is getting getting the work done for clients and getting the bills paid and making the wife happy and putting a roof over your head and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to get that done. But. Um, and 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 uh, like I said, Catalyst was taking up a ton of my time because every week we have a new session, and if stuff was broken for a particular session, I had a lot of incentive to fix it for the next session. Otherwise, the next session was going to be painful, as you know, because of, as we've talked about, um, there's nothing like being in a room full of ten, twelve, fifteen kids and stuff breaking and not working to just motivate you to get it fixed for the next time. So because of that. I kept saying, well, I'll work on, I'll work on it next week or I'll work on it the week after or whatever. And, uh, it just kept being pushed further and further and further back. And then it just got completely fell out of my brain, all the, the technical details. So yesterday afternoon being Friday afternoon, I was like, okay, I just finished up a bunch of Uber stuff. Got that all, you know, got all, all pushed. It's all working. Hit a stopping point, And I'm like, what am I going to work on? It's like three 30 on a Friday afternoon. Got a couple hours. Yeah, you know, for the for the end of the day, it's a okay. secret project. Let's get working on this thing again. Let's get working on this. And so I did. Ton of progress in two hours. Yeah. And then I worked on it again this morning. Because now you got the madness. Now I got it back into it. Now I'm like, <laughs> okay, this thing isn't going to be too hard to get going, right? Like, you know, I'm. This is not. This is not. Uh, it's like you, you know, you can smell blood. Like, a, this is doable. You, like, I mean, if I could give you some advice, basically. Just like you said about the kids with Catalyst, like once you've got those kids like hassling you. Yeah, once you get it out there. It's the same thing. Just get this thing out there as soon as possible. Do not be a perfectionist about it. Don't polish. Just get it out there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was, um, so you remember I was telling you I was helping this this woman who has a startup. Yeah. I was giving her some advice and a little bit of direction on some pieces of it. And I was telling her the same thing. I was like, you know. The reason to do an MVP is not just because you you don't want to. Okay, there's a lot of reasons to do an MVP. There's there's the um, we don't necessarily know what the product is 100 percent, or we don't we, we don't have proof that what our vision of the product is 100 percent right. right. So the less of a product we have, the less chance that we're kind of off in la la land. Mm-hmm. So let's just focus on what are the things that we are really sure we know about people, about human beings. You know, let's solve. Let's let's just make those assumptions. And we know things, and like I was like an example, like we know, number one, people are lazy. Can we basically agree that people are lazy? Yes, people are lazy. People don't want to do work that they don't want to do, right? Okay. So that we know that's true, right? The less friction you have, the better chance that people are actually going to engage with the product. Yes. Mm-hmm. So these are the things. So I had a couple things like that. Okay. So um, we want to just take the, the, the least 
most basic, the least fewest assumptions we can, the most, uh, and make those assumptions the most basic assumptions about human nature. And the second thing is, of course, the the, few, the smaller the product is, the sooner we can get out there. The sooner we can get out there, the more likely we are in the game. Okay, we're in the game. It's not just bullshit anymore. It's not mm-hmm. just talking. It's actually real. Even if you got like ten or twenty or fifty users, it's real. And you know, so all those reasons. But then, of course, it's just the motivation of you got it live. It's just like okay, so the thing's live now. Even if it's hardly was using it, it's a big difference between that and and make believe. So I was. It's so it's funny because actually helping her served as the a catalyst for me. Okay. You know, I was like, okay, doctor, heal thyself. <laughs> like, well, because well, I was, th- was telling her, I was like, let's just get this thing launched in two weeks or three weeks. Let's just get, just the simplest thing. What, what can we do to get this thing launched in three weeks? Mm-hmm. And if we do ding, 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 then let's just launch it, you know? And, uh, you know, and I was like, you know, I could do the same thing with my project. Why? Well, I, I said, you know, I, I've been obviously busy with other stuff, but I just get to keep it really simple and launch. And I know that like there's these five other major features that I think that I'm pretty convinced people are going to want. But you don't need it them. doesn't need it right out of the no. gate. So it doesn't even need to be that good looking. No. And the other thing is about yeah, not, not 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 only being not good looking, but so here's the thing: if because the first people are going to use it, especially if you have people lined up who want to test it and use it, they don't really care. Yeah. As long as it's not you know painfully ugly, it can be kind of simple. You know, kind of a a um, a uh, souped up wireframe, right? Um, that's enough and. The, the more, um, the, 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 the simpler it is, the easier it is to design something for it, right? The more, the more features it has, the more pages it has, the more expensive the design is and the longer it's going to take. And, um, so yeah, you just get something out there simple. But the other thing is if you already know you have these five features out and you roll one out every week, then people feel momentum. People are using it are like, oh, okay. So this thing's making progress. We have something to write about. We have something to talk about. Okay, so in terms of what are you what are you thinking? Then? I'm not. Don't no, crack no. in me on a date. I'm not because I'm not telling you. I'm not playing that game with you uh, anymore. I'm not. When are you get it to launch? I'm not playing no, that because, game. Like, I, well, could be tomorrow. Could be next year. When I'm can not, I? When can I get a look in on it? You'll be the first person because I want. I want to use it. I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. And I and uh, so that's actually <laughs> one thing I was thinking today is like what what's the least amount so that Justin and you know Rob and some of the people I've talked to who expressed interest in it can, can just use it. You know, and um, things like search. Does search have to be in? No, because this early on, there's nothing to search, right? There's not enough information to worry about search, right? Yeah. You don't need it. And um, so, yeah, so just I'm going to build, I'm going to build, I'm going to hold off. There's like four or five things that I'm convinced that people are going to want, but I'm not going to build them. But for that reason, hold them back. You can deliver and you, that, you know, be pleasantly surprised a week later. It's like, oh, now you got this new feature. I'm like, oh, cool. Deep. Be easy for you to do those features. Yeah. Like especially once you've got people using it and you feel the, feel that pressure and motivation, yeah, it's gonna be easy for you to knock stuff out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at how much you've knocked out of Catalyst. Yeah, that thing. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean that's a, like that's a whole new freaking platform you're building there. That's <laughs> <laughs> been brutal, <laughs> especially because of all the. It wasn't a code, but it was all of the technical um, potholes I stepped in with trying to get Node and working with Mongo and uh, not working on AppFog and all that crap, all those things that didn't work right. That just wasted, I can't tell you how many hours. I mean, 50 hours, 40 hours. I mean, if I hadn't run into those kind of things, if I had somehow managed to be able to get those things to work, I, I mean, I've been, been much less of a 
or much less painful, I would have been able to spend more time on my secret project and cattle something further along. But it just from this thing, every once in a while, you just drive into a technical ditch. One thing that I've noticed is that as you code something through, you know, you've spent maybe a week or two weeks on it. It's only like at that point that you begin to understand what you're actually making. And then you can kind of go, you think, you look back at everything you've done, you're like, oh my God, I could have done this so much more simpler. And just like you've, exper- you know, you've experienced there. I think that happens a lot. In yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the, that's why I always like to, my favorite terms is putting your arms around a problem. Yeah. So it's like, a lot of people say, well, we'll worry about the, you know, the, this part later. Worry about that subsystem later. It's like, it's better to do like a breadth first search. Just get your arms completely around it. Even if some of those pieces are just really flimsy and, and, and thin, do every, make sure you've touched everything. And everything all works. Don't like, don't do a depth first search like, oh, so we spent all this time building out this subsystem module because it's the core of the product, but then you didn't do all these other things because it's how everything interacts mm. and interoperates that is, uh, tends to be really critical with these systems. It's not just that one piece works because that's happened to me before. I've, you know, I'm my very first startup and Phil and I were working on our subsystems and for months and months and then we tried to glue them together. And yeah. that was the first mistake, like that was a mistake. We thought we defined a really clean interface, but it's just not the same thing. It's like have everything, you know, it's like you want everything to build and be deployable right away and then make repeated iterations on it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the API that Udi built, um, I, you know, I was, it, it was, it just wasn't right. It wasn't, not because you built not, an entire subsystem, not, out, right? Not from his perspective. No, no, no. He the way, the way you guys understood it. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. It, yeah. It could, all the best intentions, you get the smartest people. Yeah. You could be working with brilliant people with the best intentions. You sketch things out the way you understand the problem, but because you're building these subsystems in semi isolation before it all is deployed and all working together, you just end up going 30% off. Trail. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No, it's so true. <laughs> so it's like just just screw it make the api it's kind of janky it's like eh, this edge case doesn't work eh, whatever it's just but it all work it's all a working product mm-hmm. that's 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 a lesson i like i like to do my arms around the problem no, that's good i like that i think that's very, very important you know screw the uh don't make it's like first was like you know they say first make it work then make it right and then make it fast Oh, really? I, I've got... Uh, that probably is true, but the one that I keep on saying is first make it ugly, then make it work, and then make it beautiful. Okay, but, you know, usually people, like, they, they, they go, like, oh, the right way to do this is all stuff. Like, screw the right way to do it. Yeah. Just get it just, working. Just get it who working. Cares if yeah. it's a, who cares if it's, like, a, a, a you know, a, a midget in a box pulling a, you know, string, right? Like, you just want, right, you just want the damn thing to work. Yeah. Nobody cares. Or even mostly work. It even has bugs. Just get it working and then uh then he spends time getting it right and, and that's the thing that we've talked about the uber you know a lot of it's stuff we're doing these days is is not just adding features it's been uh making things fast and efficient because you, you reach certain numbers and all of a sudden things get really slow yeah like the last thing i i worked on to the thing i worked on this past week um is uh is this uh, um we call we call uh god view diffing so one of the things that I built... God view diffing. Diffing. Okay, so I'll explain it. So <laughs> now, initially we built all this stuff. We had a dispatch system, so it was a stateful, persistent running program uh, running... All, it had all the cars and drivers and trips and stuff for a particular city in memory, as an object in memory. Not in a cache, not a database, as an object in RAM. I in, mean, in a memory. node object. 
Well, well, a a node object. is the process. Is a JavaScript, a JavaScript object. object. Yeah. So imagine an array or a hash. So of one full so, city uh, is so, one object. So, yeah. So, no, it's just a program. Okay. But it has. So you might have inside this ongoing pr- program. Yeah. You would have a hash of drivers. Okay. So you might have five hundred drivers, each hashed by their ID or token. Okay. Yeah. Same with the clients. Same with trips or whatever. And you have a version of this stored in Redis that we can, if we go down, when we come back up, we can rehydrate by pulling up from Redis or whatever. But so GodView, which is like this real-time or semi-real-time map. So you're looking down at a Google map of a city and you see all these cars and drivers and trip lines and all stuff. It's kind of like our air traffic control system. For, for and, and you could get a global God view, which you could look at it look like you look at the whole globe and you'd have on, on the left sort of side of the screen would be like a list of, uh, of cities, you know, with the stats and you click on this and then, and then, over each city, there'd be like like nuclear explosions, like concentric circles or reds and greens, <laughs> depending on how what the demand was like in the cities. And you would click on one of those and like click on San Francisco, and then you'd go and you would just see the city view and you'd see all the cars and drivers and stuff. Okay. So in order to see the cars and drivers, you would have the God view, which is just a JavaScript app, would pull the dispatch um, or yeah, it would pull another service that talked to dispatch, and every four seconds it would say, "Hey, give me the latest state." Yeah. We just send a full, a gzip version of entire JavaScript JSONification of all the drivers, clients, and trips. Wow! Now early on, when I first built it, and we had like fifty cars, forty drivers, and the and the objects themselves were pretty slim because they weren't there wasn't all this sort of other stuff that you have now uh, that's more com- it complicates them. It was okay. Right? And, and it worked. It was really stable. It was really simple and it worked. But now you need to God view diff it. Because God view, even when you would GZIP this stuff, you get like a four meg, five meg download for San Francisco every four seconds. Five megs of compressed JavaScript. So God view got so painfully slow that people are like, is this broken? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Now, the people, people who are who, who, the operations people for the major cities like San Francisco, New York, Chicago, they just stopped using God. Be like, we can't, it doesn't work. And so, a couple, so you, you, well, you're just going to pluck bits of it out now. Well, the first thing I did about a month ago is I wrote a polyline encoder. So, what you can do is a lot of our data that we we're sending were, were trip points. So, anytime you do have a, a driver, would be, you know, a driver would be driving a client every, few seconds or whatever it was, you would have a trip point added on, which is latitude, longitude, epoch, speed, direction, whatever, a bunch of crap. And so you'd have, so imagine a 30-minute trip. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of points. Yeah. And you have to send for any of all those resent every time. Okay. Yeah. Like, and that's stupid, right? So the first thing we did, which I actually have given, it was Amos's idea. He's like, why don't we have a way of encoding like a polyline? Because when you would, when you use Google Maps and you draw a line, a polyline, it has what's called a poly. It uses this mathematical just compression like, thing called a polyline. Oh, like like a Bezier curve kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of similar. So it's just like it just looks like this, um, right? And it, but it's just encoded as a series of like and it just has like four points instead of instead of like all the different points. Yeah, many fewer. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a massive reduction, massive yeah. compression yeah. Uh, ratio. And so I would uh, on the server, I would whenever points would come in, I would just update the polyline, and then I would just send that down. So that helped a lot, but it was still not nearly enough. So what I did is I wrote a um, a recursive object differ. So you could send it an arbitrarily complex uh, object, JSON, not JSON, but a JavaScript object, and like an object literal, 
could have like objects contain objects and arrays and hashes of more objects and strings and numbers, whatever. And it would send one and you send another one with could have stuff added or deleted or changed or whatever. And it would go through and it would come up with a diff of that. Sort of like rsync, but for JSON objects. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That, now that should be, that sounds like that should be open sourced. Yeah. So I didn't see anything on the web. So I just built my own. <laughs> yeah. As you know, I mean, I didn't spend a ton of time looking. I'm like, ah, screw it. People's broken code. Now, was this you or you and Guyon? This me. Oh, okay. So nice. I actually wrote it in like, I didn't, it didn't take me that long. I think I, a few hours and I wrote it. It was called, I just called it Differ. Yeah. <laughs> Differ. And it was, uh, even with, you know, spaces and, you know, lines, it was 75 lines of code. Nice. Not very, complicated yeah the only thing it didn't do which would be nice is it didn't do um string diffing so if one string was really long and it adjusted that you did a string diff yeah so if, if if a if a primitive value was different it would just say here's the new version but we don't have any really long strings so i just said that's kind of a special case we don't worry about that mm-hmm. um or i'm not gonna worry about it now and uh so i built it but then um before we got it deployed amos is like hey have you seen json diff patch and I was like, no. So I like it was like a node module, and 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 it looked like it did the same thing. And they, it was, I mean, had a lot of documentation on it, and you know, and it looked like they, it looked like it worked really well. So I tried to get it working, but I, I didn't. It was constantly throwing my errors. You always the same experience every time. I'm like, I'm like, I told him, it was like, dude, I like to use it, but it's working, and it's, it's I'm telling you, I don't know why. Like, you could try it, but it's like two thousand three hundred lines of very dense code. If you think you can debug that, good luck. <laughs> My in the works. meantime, mine seventy five lines, and it's working right. It works. <laughs> the other thing was, is it, um, is it, uh, it mine was like a was way, way more con- uh, condensed, like uh, 30 times or 20 times uh, smaller. Was my compression was much higher, much, much smaller. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, my like, mine works. And, the, and so rather than sending, you know, 200K or 300K, mine's like 5K or 4K, you know, for this particular object. Right. So we'll just use mine. Okay. So we're, we're going to be rolling... Uh, that but again so back to the whole thing the reason like this is not like when, I, when we first wrote this thing when i first wrote god view we didn't have to worry about all this diffing stuff i mean i remember, I remember talking to um i was to curtis back when we first were doing god view i'm like you know maybe we could do like use like socket io kind of thing we have streaming updates and 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 curtis pretty much had the right action he's like dude screw that man like we don't need to worry about that let's just send if we send a, just a snapshot of the latest stuff yeah at least we know it's right you're dealing with the right problems at the right times. Yeah, you know, my, my me coming from like the high frequency trading world, I'm like, we should send deltas. You don't take a you don't send a snapshot of the entire market every time it's an update. The bid size on Microsoft has changed. You just send what's changed, the smallest, yeah. and that's how you get really fast updates. But I think in retrospect, Curtis had the right perspective, which is just like I don't think we need to worry about that. Let's just I just want to make sure when I'm looking at Godview that the data is absolutely representative of what is in the servers. Yeah. And I was sort of thinking that we should do it the other way, but think, looking at the complications of things getting out of sync and stuff, and he was right. I mean, I agree. I, I mean, I agreed with the time, but I really think, I look back, I'm like, I'm glad we did it that way because we always knew that we had the right data. Right. So now, but now at Uber size, it's important to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. You worry about making all this stuff efficient. Like one of the things that we worked on, uh, David worked on is, um, which is something that I brought up with Curtis two years ago as an idea is having a persistent TCP connection between our different like uh, services. 
rather than having every time a connection would come in, or, or, you know, from a client app, and it would make a connection a call to the service, an HTTP call, and then that call would open up an HTTP connection request connection it would open up a TCP socket and doing HTTP overhead on top of it. Right. So basically, just something like a pub sub the whole way through, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's one persistent connection between either services, yeah. and it would just be like, okay, here's a message. With this message, you know, this client or message request ID. And so when I hear back from this, so when service A hears back from service B, you know, and says, here's a response to that request you gave me, you know, nine milliseconds ago. Is that then, like the, the way that high frequency trading yeah. pipes work? Yeah, you just have these persistent yeah. TCP connections. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they use other things like UDP and they do other crazy stuff. But just, yeah, basically you just have one persistent TCP connection. You don't, you don't reestablish a, a TCP connection every single time you want to do something. Yeah. There's always open. And, um, and I talked to uh, Curtis about doing that back a couple years ago. And I, he, again, I was just like, ah, I don't know, like, let's just do the let's do it when we need HTTP it. requests. And well, also was, he wasn't familiar with it, right? He's from the web world. Yeah. I'm from the high frequency trading world. So I'm talking about all this high frequency trading stuff. And he's like, I don't see why we just open a request and it'll work. But again, he was the one who I was going to stay up all night with the servers if they broke. Right. So you, you, you it makes sense that he'd want to play it real safe. Mm-hmm. But now, in 2013, and Uber has huge scaling issues, yeah, you want to do the TCP <laughs> pipelining stuff. So David built that and we'll roll that stuff out later. It's the right, it's the right problem to and solve. And that's working now? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know if it's deployed or the process of it deploying. It's, some, it's somewhere in the deploying process. It's, it's been merged into master. And Is everything. Uber just in uh, the US? No. Or is it in Europe as well? Yeah, it's in Australia. It's in all other places. It, it, when you when it's working in Australia and Europe, is it is it coming from um, American data centers or is it data centers over there? You know, I don't know. I'm interested. I don't know. I, I'll find out. I'll ask somebody. The reason why I say that is because when we did the Catalyst class and we had the server in the room, everything was so incredibly fast. It just goes to show you how how the difference location makes. Oh yeah. Well, I think yeah, that's probably true. And I'm sure they probably. I think we probably have some European data centers. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't talked to anyone about that, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. I could, I'll ask Jeremy or Brian when I get up to SF. Sure. So one thing I wanted to talk about, um, just another kind of side topic is, you remember how I said that um, I I started ten minutes. Give me the Justin's giving me the ten minute sign. Yeah, that or you're like <laughs> I was giving you a ten minute sign in such a way that you didn't need to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got somewhere to go? Uh, well, no, that, that's going to be like an hour and a half mark, and George is going to be back pretty soon, probably okay. in the next five minutes. So. Okay. So um, I signed Colby up. I, I say I bought a pack of private lessons for baseball. Yeah. And I talked about that. And the reason being that um, he wasn't he, – he just – his throwing and catching was just – the technique was really not there. Yeah. And he was – it was a real struggle for me to have to – I was trying to exp- – I would try and practice them and show him stuff, and it just was – wasn't going very well because he would get frustrated and I would get frustrated. And at baseball practice, they just didn't have, um, they don't have enough time for individual kids to get that much done on fundamentals. Yeah. And so it'd be the same with any sport, but baseball is a particularly skill oriented sport. So I signed him up for the private lessons. And as you saw, at least his hitting, it started to work, right? He was mm. cracking the ball and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But what was really interesting is I had, when I, at his, it was his third last third week, so it was like half hour lesson once a week on Sunday morning. So we went last week, and uh, I was talking to a, a mother of, of another kid about Colby's age, and um, she said that she had been bringing her son there for about a year, and that he had started and he would strike out nine out of ten times. 
And mm-hmm. he said that he wanted to quit baseball because he wasn't any good. And she's like, I don't really think that's the reason we should quit baseball. She's like, I, you know, if you want to quit because you want to do something else, that's fine. But she's like, let's let's stick with this a little bit longer. So she signed him up for the lessons. And within a few months, all of a sudden, he's like, you know, killing the ball. And, you know, he's like, and the, 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 the outfielders are having to back up. And I was like, whoa, whoa, everybody back up. This guy's up again. You know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> so it really paid off. Yeah. Right? Which was great to hear. I was like, well, that's, that's awesome. And uh, so... You, it was a further, con- you know, because I already saw it working. I could tell like this was going to pay off. Like I could just tell we're making so much progress so quickly and Colby was having fun to, on top of it. But I just talking to her, I gave me further confidence that this is a smart way to Great. spend a little time, a little money. But then um, I, she said, you know, I signed him up to um, travel ball. When, just, when they would literally, you know, these tryout team, you have a team you have to try out for. And then if you make the team, then you would make have two games in Las Vegas or San Diego. I mean, it's real travel. It's not just driving like 30 minutes. I mean, it's driving for six hours. Oh, wow. That's why they call it travel ball. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, in, that's insane you know, for kids this young. I mean, I yeah. can say I can see when you're in high school and stuff. But um, she said that she stopped doing it for two reasons. One, she said she has two other kids and it was just too much. And the other thing was that... Um, She's like, you know, even in travel ball, they still, you have practice twice a week and these games, but you only have, they still have so many kids, they don't have that much time to work with them, right? Yeah. And she's like, you know, so they don't, you don't necessarily, they don't, all the decisions aren't necessarily made for the benefit of the kid, right? It's for the team and for these other things. And I said, so let me ask you this. I said, did he, did he make, would he make more practice for a three month season of travel ball or three months of coming here once a week for half hour? She's like, oh, there's no question. Three months of half hour private lessons. Huh. Wow. And I thought that was really an interesting concept just in general. Yeah. Of the idea of like what we call, you know, we've talked about on the show, deliberate practice. The idea of just focusing in on having one-on-one focus on the things that you're struggling with. You know, and deliberate practice doesn't necessarily mean you have a private instruction, but you're, you're working on the thing that you need to be working on. You know, that's your primary focus. And of course, if you're having private instruction, whether it's piano or, you know, or, or baseball or whatever you're going to work on those things they need working on. You're not going to work, you're not, the, the, the coach or instructor isn't going to sit there for a half hour, an hour, just going over the stuff you're good at, right? That's a complete waste of time. You're like, here's what you, here's what you need to learn. Well, to, I mean, talk about a compression of time. I mean, travel ball sounds like, a, you know, a nightmare amount of time compared to just half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it's, it's just funny. I mean, it's just like, I keep looking for things like that. It's like, how can I find hacking. like massive level, hacking life. Hacking life, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you find massive leverage? How, how can we make, you know, the 80-20 rule, but even make it even more? It's like, you know, 80% of the payoff or 20% of the effort. It's like when we get 90% of the payoff for like 5% of the effort, you know? It's <laughs> Where's like, the extra 5%? Yeah, it's like, can you really, because, and, and this was just one example. It's like, I want to find more of this yeah. type of thing. And I, I think private lessons generally are really good. That's, I mean, that's basically any foo. That's what any foo is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. Any food is exactly that. Yeah. And it's also like we're talking about outsourcing. Like I had that uh, that a guy, Nick, for the yeah. uh, um, server administration. I mean, it's like that's a massive compression of time. Yeah. Yeah. It cost me 20, 30 bucks for an hour, hour and a half of his work. He just saved me. He could save me many hours of screwing on the web. But not only that, not only, not only is it the hours that I would have spent trying to learn how to do it on server fault and reading you know, crap about like, oh, here's how you configure this on CentOS, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, I would have just not made progress on it. I would have kept punting on it and like, oh, I'll come back to it but tomorrow. But also the money you, you would have made, like you save money because 
like you can pay 20 bucks i mean you can earn that in an hour easily yeah but also those lost hours you could have earned a lot more that's right you learn money but it's so it's that's finding other people who are specialists who can uh who can may who really can make things move forward i just want to see here if there's anything else that i forgot to talk about that's um really do you have any letters from the dark side for the last last minute of no i don't but one thing i will say so you came to our soccer championship two weeks ago yeah and we lost that's that's the first only game you've lost it's the only game we lost. We uh, so I'm, were undefeated. Am I the your season. bad luck mascot? We we were undefeated in the season. We were unscored on in the playoffs. Yeah, and and then we lost. And I'm sorry, man. You know, it was it was one of those things. It was just like overconfidence. Our guys came out. Yeah, we played really fast and loose in the back. They got two counterattacks, and they scored. They scored three goals in the first half on I, quick oh, counters. It seemed to me all the goals that they scored were when your guys were up. Tri- pounding really hard at their goal so you had everyone up up on their end and then one guy broke free and went back and scored a, a goal right and then and we had like what like we thought they had they had five shots on goal four shots on goal scored three we had probably 40 shots on goal scored two right <laughs> so we did it was so frustrating to yeah, watch right it was it just was, like yeah. hitting crossbars bang, bouncing off people well, that one guy he did he did like 25 shots himself and every single time it was just like just kept on hitting it over or to the left or to the right or, Ugh. yeah but anyway that was fun to have you and georgie come yeah no, it was really it was a lot of fun to see. kind of fun to kind of fun, kind of exciting huh yeah really good pre- and you guys look like very professional as well yeah there's some good good players a lot of really good players but uh hopefully um my hamstring's healing up, so hopefully I'll be out playing the next couple weeks and uh, back into myself. I guess we should mention that we're sort of tentatively thinking about a two-week schedule for the show. Yeah, so I want to talk about that. I ne- we initially talked... I was getting kind of burnt. Yeah. I was getting burnt out on everything. You're right. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should do the show or do we keep... You know, do it once every two weeks. And I, what I would say is like, we don't have to do it once every two weeks, but what I might say is if we need a break for a week, we'll take a break for a week. You know? Yeah, I like, mean, I, I I like the two week gap because there's more for us to talk about. It seems to me, but um, like about we do, I find we do better quality shows when there's a two week gap. But I mean, if we want to do it weekly, that's fine too. Yeah, let's just see how it goes. Yeah, sure. I mean, okay. like I feel a lot better this week because I'm not as stressed with projects. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, it was a couple weeks ago when, especially when we can't do it on the weekend and we have to do a show like on a Monday during the morning. Yeah. Which is normally, when I'm trying to get work done. I feel really guilty about that. Right. And it feels um, not like I'm being very smart about how I'm spending my time. But right now, Saturday afternoon, five to seven before dinner, it's, ah, you know, we, we just went out on a three hour hike. So I, I'm like, everyone in my house is completely blown out and tired. <laughs> I mean, so that's great. I'm kind of like, okay, let's go do a podcast. And now, yeah, so it's a better time to do it. All right. Well, cool. that, that a show that yeah, we're doing? I, I think, think so. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.